Yeah. Hello. Hello and welcome to Pals Pulls for 323 2023. Wow. Or 23 yes. 323 over here on, on my oh, side. Well, you guys are just is, confused. That is true. I agree with Tyler. This is, of course, God's country. Um, well, well. <laughs> born on the 4th of July. I can't argue with that. We've got Kale and Tyler here, as you can hear. And uh, we've got four books. We've got two Marvels and two DCs. So even representation on the big two. Of course, that does alienate everybody else. But you guys made that decision this week uh, by breaking that up in the, the Twitter listener poll. So we have, of course, Doctor Strange number one. How could we avoid talking about this? Ooh-wee. We've got... Storm and the Brotherhood of Mutants oh. number two. Now we could have avoided talking about yeah. this. We could have, but why would we? Really? You're mask I mean, it, when, you, when you really, you know, get down to it. We've got uh Batman One Bad Day, Raish Al Ghul number one. Ain't gonna catch me being a racist. That's a Raz Al Ghul number one for me. <laughs> and the listener pick this week, Superman number two. Who could have guessed that? You know, the listeners nope. love them. Some uh, some big blue. They sure do. And you know what? We're going to get right into talking about the resurrected Doctor Strange with Doctor Strange. Number one, we've got uh, Jed McKay on the words here with art by Pasquale Ferry colors by Matt Hollingsworth. That is a that is a legendary team at this point. Ferry and Hollingsworth and uh, Corey Pettit on the letters. Doctor Strange was dead. He was dead for a couple of years, and uh, he was replaced by Clea. Clea Strange, or as I like to refer to her, Strange. And Doctor Strange is now back. Jed McKay is writing him again. And this is the intro. It's an oversized issue number one that basically gives us Doctor Strange's new status quo what he's up to now that he's back from the dead, and uh, a little glimpse into who some of his new enemies might be. What did you guys make of this one? For me, I guess we'll still start right away. This was my pick of the week. I really enjoyed okay. it. Um, okay. Even though uh, it is very much what Jed McKay decided to do with Moon Knight, they even make a joke about it here. Um how it he's he's a he's dr strange wants to be a doctor again you know whether that's you know house visits you know inpatient calls even telehealth now but for magic stuff i think it's such a simple back to basics approach with dr strange that i think we haven't gotten in a while um so i'm, I'm really hyped for that and then pascal ferry is, is i think fits perfectly for this yeah um i think it's this is really like a match uh, a, a good match. I almost said made in heaven, but that sounded cliche. Yeah, that's um, a little weird. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I think it's just a, a very, a very. Uh, uh, it, it works really well for this for this group. I mean, Jed McKay's been working on Doctor Strange since Death of Doctor Strange, so he's kind of really been in it. But this is really his first opportunity to tackle Stephen Strange Prime. You know, like what Doctor Strange in the first issue was dead. They they brought yeah. back this old, this younger version of him, but this is actually um, him there. Um, yeah, I thought this was really fun. I, I like the whole, the whole premise of it. It's him just going through a week of being a doctor again and all the weird shit that he gets into. Um, it was kind of, I think it was like a fun breath of fresh air, honestly. And I really enjoyed it. How about you, Kale? Uh, yeah, I don't think I felt necessarily as strongly as Tyler did, but I enjoyed it. Um, it. I we've seen this before a lot. You know, character comes back from the dead and they have to kind of get their feet back on the ground again. Um and here's a day-by-day basis of how that happens. What was really interesting to me was the uh the purple dimension and and the stuff that seems to be building. Um I haven't been reading Strange uh but I I uh so I've never seen these characters before. I've never I've not been introduced to this uh concept. So uh I think uh uh 
the dynamic here could uh, could be interesting. I don't even think yeah. that was stuff brought up in Strange Kale. I think that was stuff brought up in Death of Doctor Strange. But even then, this is like old school Doctor Strange stuff. Um, where no. yeah, strange, where stuff where this would have been revealed. Uh, and yeah, we're talking like 1970 Strange. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not your, not your, your forte there. I have listen. I haven't been reading it. <laughs> <laughs> you were around when those were like 25 cents. I thought. Well, listen. I wasn't reading it. I don't know what you want me to tell That's you. Fine. That's fine. I was I was um uh, I was working on a on a on a Sorcerer Supreme video a while ago, and that's how I came across the character of Agamon. And that's the only reason I knew who that was, and I popped when I saw him because <laughs> I'm like, holy shit, that random research I did paid off. My niece interest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know what? I, I thought this was real good. Um yeah. I, 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 it wasn't what I wished it was, hmm. which is I'm still waiting for a really serious, not grim, but serious take on Doctor Strange where he's really, really pushed to the brink um, by some huge ideas, Hickman style. That's really what I'm hoping for. Jed McKay's not necessarily that guy. He's not massive, you know, mess with your brain, overarching story guy, but he can do some damn good superhero comics, some monthly good fun fair. And that's what this is. I think it does hit on who Doctor Strange is effectively, for sure. And I still like the dynamic between him and Clea. So that's been fun uh, in this first issue. And seeing him interact with all the different heroes and their bullshit problems, that was fun too. Like Daredevil's dealing with like a demonic garbage or whatever. Like that's so funny, you know. Um, and so I really appreciated that. It had, it it had what it needed to have as far as the like action adventure stuff, but then it had the the humor that reminded me of Jason Aaron's run, which okay. was more low to the ground. So I appreciated that. Yeah, this book reminded me a lot of. Um... The Oath, the Doctor Strange book. Sure. Is that oh, Brian yeah. K. Vaughn? Yeah, yeah. And uh, Marcos Martin? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. Which I guess is really the only uh, 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 pivotal, that's not the word. Yeah, I know what you mean. Essential. Sure. Doctor Strange book. And that Doctor Strange book is a homage to the Silver Age comics that's very yeah. specifically you know yeah. was that on marcus martin um, yeah. sean am i misremembering something was there a doctor strange one shot of hickman's new avengers that was drawn by marco rudy am i remembering that correctly that was like that's, some real crazy stuff what what was the crazy stuff because that might help me just the art of it it was i don't know if you're familiar with marco rudy's art um no, but it was very mind. much getting into like oh i have to turn the book you know what i mean yeah, yeah. Wasn't yeah, that wasn't that, that when when he went bad for a minute? Yeah, like I think so. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. Cause he was like he's like, I can't take the infinity gauntlet. He, he was yeah, sucking yeah. in all the demons and he yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. That's absolutely. what you're looking for. That is exactly what I'm looking for. Where the hell yes. has Marco Rudy been? That guy was insane. I don't know. Oh, that, like, like you even saying that name, it means nothing to me. Yeah. Uh, are you guys <laughs> reading Fall Sunrise at all? Doctor Strange Fall Sunrise? I know you got I was I, I off on the it. show. I can't um, do it. Can't do it. Uh, I'll wait. I'll wait up the trade. I enjoyed okay. it, um, but I, I haven't heard anything otherwise. Yeah, I feel like this is like the middle. This is like superhero strange, and, and I like yes. that because um, it's it's not the movies. You know, it's kind of what I always imagined strange to be. But I think like Fall Sunrise is like, oh, we're going into the obscure uh, strange, and I think there's also a dark strange that we don't have that you know could fit there too. I think there's like really three versions. Yeah, Strange occupies this weird spot for me where uh, I don't like the superhero stuff. I think he should be a character like old school Doctor Who. Like, Mm. you know, the books aren't about him. He just comes in and, like, saves the day. And the next issue is, you know, he should be this imposing figure who uh, never gets, never quite 
gets like a, a real developed character, but you know who he is. Yeah. 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 I and I, I think Strange can I think Strange can definitely work that way. Mm. And I would I would be interested in seeing that as well. Um, you know, maybe maybe when it's your ad that that'll be that'll be the time. He's, All right, he, fine, Sean. Fine. I'll do it. <laughs> he's a, you know, pun intended here, but he's strangely a malleable character. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like how you know yeah. how we always mention like Batman's very malleable. You can do a lot a lot of genre of Batman. I think you can do totally very different things with strange well and i think that Mm. that has a lot to do with his origin um because he's got the the doctor aspect but he's also a playboy and he's kind of what's the right uh like this is an old school phrase so excuse me i don't mean anything by it but like metrosexual and (laughs) hip (laughs) in that way i got called that by the TV producers of MTV's Made when in high school, uh, wow. my friend was on Made because uh, they were they were filming the comic book club at the time, and I got called that that by the producers, and I was just like, what "The fuck does that mean?" Tyler, do you know that I hunted for that episode of Made? I could find it. I ever tell you like that? half hour? Yeah, I I I really searched. Like I went hard to find. I'll find episode. it for you. I'll find Please. it. Please, yeah, yeah, I yeah. thought I found it. I was like, no, I didn't see Tyler. There's one scene where you see me and Matt. You please yeah. find it. Yes, we don't have uh, we didn't have speaking roles, and we I think I had a speaking role on the the pilot for the spinoff that never happened. But it's funny. I have a friend who was on Wipeout. Is your friend John Cena or Nicole Byer? John Cena. Gotcha. So yeah. so I've never seen him. Yeah, that's a reference, right? Uh, you, yeah, that was good. This is a home run, and. Yeah. I think I've landed on this being my pick of the week as well through the conversation. I might have to decide at the end. Yeah. I think I right. forgot. There's another one read. that was close to it. For me. Hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm really interested in what that was. I got to say, though, having Alex Ross on, on Doctor Strange covers is good stuff. This cover really? is amazing. Yeah. Man. I can't wait to see where this goes cover wise. This this makes me miss the. Uh, the Pierce Brosnan Doctor Strange that we should have gotten. <laughs> you still can. Doctor, we got Doctor Fate. You know. Oh, okay. Look, I'm not. I'm not mad about Pierce Brosnan and Doctor Fate. I think that plays the same the same game. But like, this is like post James Bond Pierce Brosnan that we should have gotten. Honestly, I feel like Pierce Brosnan now would be a better better Doctor Strange. I feel like not for Strange. Got, no, he's too, got the Silver uh, Fox thing going. Too. I think he's too old. Interesting. I, I, In my I, head, I always picture Strange to be older, though. See, for me, he's always British. That too, yeah. Uh, you think what's like? That's like finding out that um that Guy Gardner was from Baltimore. Um, we we did a book club and we talked about that. Like now, I can't unhear that Baltimore accent for that character going forward. Um, I don't want to know where Doctor Strange is from. I don't want to have a definitive accent for him in my head. I I always thought Doctor Strange was Asian, which. I I learned through this podcast that he was originally like <laughs> like day one kind of meant to be yeah oh yeah like yeah. the first thing we talked about yeah so oh. crazy well we, we we all clearly enjoyed this book yeah, yeah yeah and if you're enjoying the podcast so far then the best way you can help us is to head on over to Patreon.com where you can for as little as three dollars a month support the show. And you get access to a variety of things like the ability to vote in our book clubs, a shout out and a superhero or supervillain nickname on the main show and access to our exclusive show over there called Palling Around. If you've never heard Palling Around before, it is us unleashed, if you will, talking about whatever we feel like talking about. And our most recent episode is a clear example of that. Yeah, uh, Uh, Marco and I uh, read our dating profiles out loud, so. That yeah, might be a teaser enough. Very funny. Very fun. Um, otherwise, if you want to watch this show live, you can do so every single Thursday on YouTube and Twitch at the Comics Pals. Watch the main show live every single Saturday at 10.15 a.m. Eastern. We will be having Jeff Johns on the show next week, April 1st. Book it. The Not return of Jeff Johns. Not a prank. This is legit. 
It is legit. 1 p.m. Eastern. Jeff Johns will be on the show. If you want to participate in the Jeff Johns Geiger giveaway, all you have to do is be a subscriber on YouTube, follower on Twitch, leave us a comment anywhere you can get us or a question for Jeff. We will put all the people who enter into a randomizer. The winner gets a copy of Geiger sent to their home. So, you know, you've got until Friday. You've got until the 31st to jump in on that. So take part. The Far Sector Book Club is coming out uh, very soon, uh, this Tuesday, in fact. If you're a uh, patron, No, not this Tuesday, have... next Tuesday. Yeah. If you're a patron, you already have access. Yeah. Patron, yeah they gave Patreon you more members. than a week access because I don't understand a calendar, but, you know, it's no, fine. No, that's, that's, that's good stuff. That's what we want to do. For everything else at the Comics Pals, let's talk about Storm and the Brotherhood of Mutants. This is... The second issue of this uh, Sins of Sinister exclusive miniseries. Of course, we have not loved Sins of Sinister too much. This is by Al Ewing with Andrea DeVito on art. Uh, Jim Shara Lampetus and Rachel Rosenberg on colors. Ariana Mayer on the letters. So this is... A hundred years in the future, so a hundred years after the events of the first issue, and somehow our principal characters are still alive. <laughs> yeah, Storm looks like my great grandma, uh, who is like one o two, and like only only the only thing she ever told me was I was fat in Spanish. But you know, like that's what I was seeing in the. And Storm has to be. Several decades older than your grandmother. Yeah, yeah. But has to be. Has to be. She's still alive and kicking, and kick. She kicks a lot of ass. Yeah. Destiny's here too. She's still around. That I buy a little more for some reason because she's always old. You know, there's pre- yeah, there's yeah. precedent for that. Yeah. Did that affect you guys at all? Did that affect your read that these characters are still here? No, I just always picture, like, when Destiny's helmet comes off, I always picture, like, oh, it's got to be a Dominican girl under there with a name like that. But um, I'm always proven wrong. <laughs> you know what? I I enjoyed this. I, I did. Too. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't hate it. I didn't understand it. I don't know what's going on. I didn't know any of the names. I didn't know who was who. But you know what? It was all right. Do, do you – are you guys at the point with Sins of Sinister where you gave up? And, like, giving up is making you enjoy it a little more? So you floated that last week, and, like, I I appreciate that that's what's doing it for you. I, I It's not – that's not exactly what it is for me, but you did inspire me to think about it. I think what it is for me is that I feel like I understand what the point of the event is, which is to sort of pseudo-redeem Sinister. Yeah, I and, think we figured that out. Right. And that is helping me out a lot. But then yeah. also, I'm finding pieces to enjoy, and I'm hanging on to that stuff. So the Rasputin debut last week was really good. That's all I remember from that issue. I don't remember anything else. And this one was written by Al Ewing, who I love. So, I think that's the thing. I think each one, each book has to be taken piece by piece. Mm-hmm. Um. And you know, Al, you know, Al Ewing's gonna come in with a banger, um, and everything else is just like, okay, let's get through it. I yeah. mean, one thing that kind of jumped out to me, and the, the solicit for June's issue of X Men Red is out, um, that okay. uh, Iron Fire is going to be in the book going forward. So, like, I know who that is? He's the guy in this with the horns, and he can like control fire. He's in this. But uh, so I'm like, oh, all right, guy well, had that, that, that's the guy with the that was never mind the one that um, I think Destiny spoke to directly or something. Oh, he the had guy, horns. Yeah. I, I thought he just had cool hair. He has both. Oh, but at least that's the first confirmation that we're getting some kind of continuation of some of the plot points and characters from these books forward. Don't we know Rasputin is coming from this, too? We no. haven't seen anything in Solicit yet, no. 
Oh, I thought I would I hope so. That was he's cool confirmed, shit. Though. But uh, hey. So yeah, look, I, I it's not a perfect issue. It's it's. I think that every Sins of Sinister issue so far has had a problem of trying to and had really having to cram whatever relevant backstory has happened over the preceding X amount of years in order to catch us up. And they only have 22 pages. So it very much, like Kale said, he didn't understand what happened in this comic. There were several times when I had to go back and read things because I'm like, wait, there's just too many things being explained right now and it's a lot of work it's a lot of work and i think admirable job but not a perfect job yeah i think it kind of like i think it's kind of the issue too with these what 100 years and then we're going another 900 you know the next issue yeah right. um you kind of have to re-establish things every issue uh in a way exactly uh so that 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 it always has to start with, you know, world building again. Right. Um, which, depending on, like, I would say, you know, Al Ewing is a very uh, apt writer, and he, he does it pretty pretty quickly, but he still has to do it. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, that kind of takes away from it. I, I'm here for, like, the candy of the book, like, seeing Novar survive this long, you know, now he's this grizzled, he called himself the accuser, too, so I was like, all right, that's yeah. a cool future. Um, Hercules is around. They have the the Iraqi pirate uh, that's in uh, the Wolverine book was part of uh, the Brotherhood. That big dude, I was like, all right, that's cool too. Um, so. I know you. I know you meant the mutant planet Araco. I heard Iraqi. That's what I heard too. <laughs> <laughs> I was like Iraqi pirate. Iraq. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. What a what a weirdly specific pilot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, remember when that when that that pirate goes on the uh, yeah, yeah. Don't take that any further. Sure. Yep, I stopped myself. Trust me. <laughs> this isn't the long box. You can't do that here. Oh, I wouldn't. I wasn't even the one that would be doing it on that show. I was the straight. We're, guy, we're, so. we're monetized now. We, yeah, yeah. we can't. Oh, we can't true. say such yeah. things. Well, I just can't drop too many f bombs. That's all. Right. Um, there's a lot that happens in this issue. It it, it really moves, which again is to its detriment to some degree. But it keeps things interesting. Storm does a lot of cool stuff here. Uh, she really, really flexes her power in a way that I never conceived of. And I don't know if it makes sense or not, but I didn't let myself <laughs> think about it. Yeah. Because it was just too damn yeah. cool. I, yeah, I guess I guess the, the only real rationalization there is like, I don't know, space weather. Right. Whatever. What is space weather? There's not there's it's a void whatever, of space. Uh, Whatever the fuck Storm does, I don't know. It's like when the Death Star explodes, uh, it makes noise in Star Wars. Like that doesn't that's not how yeah. that works. That's for us. But you know, there there is cool stuff. There's a there are there are stakes. There are stakes within the context of the event. Mm -hmm. And I'm into that. Yep. When I and again, that's why I can't let myself think about the wider implications so much. Because I'm still stuck on the idea that outside of Sinister's personal feelings and potential redemption, none of this will matter. I'm worried about that, but for right now, I'm into it. I'm going to pull this. I enjoyed this. I think I'm going to pull it. <sighs> Me too. And like we didn't specify the, the DeVito art. It's very good. Yeah. Yes, the DeVito art is very yeah. good. Like if this guy was on X-Men Red going forward... Sign me up. Cool I could see that. Yeah, I could see that being the case, and I would be, I'd be cool with that. Um, good, yeah, good comic. I, I'm, I don't know what to expect next week. I, what do we have next week? We have absolute uh, garbage. We have <laughs> <laughs> immoral X Men. So, yep. absolute so garbage. We're gonna have a lot of word balloons. Got it. Got it. But not as many as we'll have in Nightcrawlers, which is what yep. I'm really worried about. So. Kieran Gillen I'm, I'm, should make a a mutant whose power is the controlling of word balloons. Like, just play with that. <laughs> hmm. It's weird that. that that hasn't happened yet. A fourth wall breaking mutant. Yeah, that's not Deadpool, but like it's their actual power set. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Another idea for Kale's. Uh, and it just fucking write Kale's that down. Back. Like the actual text of it is nobody really knows what the hell this guy's power is. I mean, Gwenpool is a mutant, and she can do sort of comic booky things. So. Yeah. I guess that works. Hmm. 
I highly recommend the Gwenpool stuff. Very good, very good book. You know what? That's not a recommendation I'll be taking. Uh, putting it as a Coward. book club recommendation for the next one. Patrons, why? you know what to do. Why? Why do that? They don't. It's Gurhiru on art. It's so good, brother. You know, no one's gonna pick that. Yeah, I don't want to host. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Another another home run book, though. We like that. And if you're enjoying this, please do smash that like button as we move on. Batman, One Bad Day, Rachel Ghoul, number one, written by Tom Taylor with art by Ivan Reese. Danny Mickey on the inks, Brad Anderson on colors, and Wes Abbott on letters. Another really, really strong creative team overall for these one bad day books this is the last one i'm pretty sure of the one so. bad day comics that we'll be getting and i feel so conflicted about it so Ooh, so me. conflicted i'm pretty sure that you did not like this kale is that accurate this this book in yeah. particular or yeah. this run this book i actually really enjoyed this book oh yeah. okay me too yeah, this was the one that I was like, oh, this might be my other pick. Yeah. Uh, I was like, this, oh, I think... Razal Ghul for my favorite superhero going forward. Yeah. Other <laughs> than um, Riddler, I think this might be the strongest for me. Hmm. Like, I probably put those right up there together. Um, also, Roboters 100 in the in the YouTube chat. Uh No. No, you just said that, Tyler. I just got wildly confused. Yeah, no, you don't what? need to mention. You don't need to mention what I what I uh, what I write in there. That's fine. No, 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 no. You just said um, Ra's al Ghul for my favorite uh, superhero. Yeah, I did. I must have read that guy's name just as you said that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Funny how the brain works. Um, but yeah, no, I fucking I was reading this book just going, why is Batman fighting him? He's fucking right. Yeah. <laughs> Same, same. I was like, oh, Batman really is just a guy that protects the elites, whether he realizes it or not. I was like, I don't like Batman anymore. This made me this was like like one of those accidental face turns in in wrestling, Sean, when like the the bad guy is just right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's what I was feeling in this. And uh, but it's it's one of those things that like if you if you sat here and told me that Ra's al Ghul was created as a character uh who would highlight the fact that batman only uh that batman's whole idea is to um try to dissuade the general populace from uh killing the wealthy and the, you know, the people who are actually, you know, these 26 people that Ra's al Ghul goes after, I would 1,000% believe you. I'm laughing at something that only Sean would understand. What's that? <laughs> As Kel's getting his thoughts out, all I could think about is when um, Beetlejuice was ta- trying to get Stuttering Eric to, to get his sentence out. Yeah. And it's just like, come on, come on, spit it out. <laughs> It's a complicated thought. I know, right? I know, but I just I just Damn. go right to Howard Stern mode. That's fine. Damn. That's just a me thing. You're right, oh, though. You're right. Man. Yeah. I I love a good Howard reference. Um I I feel again, I, I have complicated feelings about this one. Like mm. I'm not as in on it as you guys were. I loved it. Mm. But I also think it fails tremendously as a one bad day yeah absolutely yeah yeah absolutely it this doesn't is good have day. yeah anything yes this is best day ever it's the exact opposite <laughs> of the concept yeah whose bad day was this it wasn't even batman's bad it was day. the world's yeah. best day like this dude did the best work ever for the world damien's um, bad day maybe he had to watch his dad yeah, die but he got funny. to bring him back so I like yes um and also it's so self-contained and it's so not in continuity that it bothers me because I kind of want to see this play out. Like when Batman died, I was like, Oh shit. What's going to happen now? Like, wait, obviously like my logic brain is going, okay. Lazarus pits exist. But 
at the front of my mind, I'm like, oh, this is crazy. And then that moment where, and I'm so sorry for anybody who has not read this and wants to skip ahead, mute, mute us for a moment. Through the spoiler but, alert up there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've already done it. Sorry. <laughs> it, no, it's okay. But the moment where Batman is telling Damien, this is yours now, and he hands him the cowl, and he's giving him the speech, and he's telling him, I need you to promise me not to kill anybody. I had a real strong reaction to that, to where I was like, whoa, 5G? Can we can we see this play out? Like, can we can this can this go on? But it doesn't. And I was like, ah oh, man, it goes so far, but then it's not anything. You know? I, I think it, it also helps that it's Ivan Rice, Rice, Ivan Reese, Ivan Rice. Rice, um, I don't know. Uh, because it's such like I feel like it scratches that DC itch for me, you know? Yeah. Yeah, like it sure. just it cements me in, in in my my happy place when it comes to DC Comics. So seeing that, uh, I was like, oh, oh wow, oh, and that and that close up shot of Damien wearing the cowl too that you mentioned, oh, good stuff. Ah, that's what ripped me out of the emotional part. Really, Mom, the emotional he, beat ripped you out looked, of it. <laughs> he looks so stupid in that. <laughs> it doesn't fit him. His dad's head's bigger. Yeah, why would you put it on, idiot? <laughs> Because his dad just died. So you put on his sweaty helmet? Like, yes. You <laughs> <laughs> didn't I, want to have a battle for that, Cal. He's like, it's mine. I'm claiming it right away. And then the other problem I think I had was why you guys liked it so much, which is the part where Raish is basically the hero of the story. I like the idea that for some Batman villains, they're right. And you can't really argue with their motive at all. Raish falls into that to some degree. Poison Ivy is a clear indication of that. Mr. Freeze, in a lot of interpretations, is that as well. It's the extremism that's the problem. It's the links that they'll go to to do what they want to do that are too far and that force Batman's intervention. And in this story... It doesn't, it's not presented in such a way where I feel like Batman, like I feel like he could have just turned a blind eye to this. And I feel like we've seen stories where Batman has kind of sort of turned a blind eye to certain things. And the fact that he doesn't and that he then dies not only chumps him out, but it puts the villain over on a moral level with a lot of the readership. I thought that was a total mistake. Oh, I wholly disagree with that. I, I think it's yeah. I think it's very important that Batman isn't always right. I, I would go even further to say that I enjoy stories where Batman is wrong and I have a reason to dislike him. Like uh like uh what was it? The um the Tower of Babel, right? That was a uh, the yeah, just a league one. Yeah, yeah like I yeah. like that. I like when when Batman it becomes he gets becomes so Batman that he winds up being wrong. You know, but think about what you guys are saying. You're saying that it was okay for Ra's al Ghul to kill twenty seven people. That's not the same oh, thing. It's more, as he what killed a thousand people in that in that theater. Yeah, right. He he killed thousands of people. Yeah. That's not the same thing. Can I self-report real quick? Sure. Uh, sorry, th sorry. the same thing as what? I'm not following. That's Tower of Babel and some of Batman's sure. other... Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, even when he's like, you know, like, uh, n when he did that, I was like, yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> I, and I, I think that's the thing, is Roz took the time to so meticulously plan this years and years and even yeah. decades in advance. Um, and I think... For me, you know, this wasn't the normal, you know, wholesale slaughter that things normally get, you know, as a as a Batman villain. I, Sean, what were uh, I was curious because there there's this word that always comes about, especially with Tom Taylor's writing, um, Ricci. Um, were you feeling it at all, Miss? Yeah, I think that's part of it. I think 
you know, I know, I know I'm going to be in the minority because most people, you know, would, if they were in a room with a, with a rich person, they would just kill them. Um, and I <laughs> have those kinds of feelings at all. Um, and so I get that, but no one can dissuade me from the idea that race is wrong in terms of his actions, not his motivations. And the fact that Tom Taylor doesn't try to frame his actions that way and actually frames Batman as wrong for opposing race is fan fiction. And I don't think that that I'm surprised that DC let him do that. That's what this whole line is, though. But not to the detriment of Batman. I feel like Riddler was. I I think you can I think it can be viewed either way. I uh I don't know. I think I think there's a and I I actually think about this a lot given the the state of the world. It's just like you know, at what point is extremism the right thing to do? Okay, that's a fair thought. I don't yeah. I don't begrudge the thought. I think you know, in the context of the book, we don't see the outcome. We don't see the benefit yeah. of yeah. his actions. It's left open-ended. So this could, you know, you think about it like Hydra, right? Like you cut ahead, another takes its place. Obviously, Raish was trying to specifically replace the puppet bosses with other puppets that he was in control of. So theoretically, things will work out. But they they don't show that. All we know is that he killed thousands of people and maybe and he killed Batman in front of his son and maybe things will be better later. I think that's, that's a, I think that's weird. All I'm I saying is yeah. Al Ghul 2024. <laughs> Put that on the merch shop. <laughs> that being said, um, you know, I'm I'm not I like I said, I, I thought this was really awesome. Um because Tom Taylor's skill is undeniable, yeah. and so is Ivan Reese. Because Ivan Reese is like Tyler mentioned, a classic, uh quintessential DC artist. And I mean, you know, I'm I'm saying classic. We're talking about 20 years ago is when I, you know, but 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 yeah. classic, right? Yeah. I mean, um, in, in in 2005, you'd be calling someone from 1985 classic, you know? So, sure. Yeah. Uh, the only quibble I had was just I thought the fight between Batman and Raish, uh didn't look so great. I thought the sword, the sword action was, it didn't have too much heat to it. Um, but other than that, I, I stem to stern. This is a this is a strong comic. Yes, it was on a mountain, snow on it. I also like how we all called oh, this book wasn't last in the week. desert. I don't understand. <laughs> there was no heat. Oh. <laughs> okay. I got you. I got, I got you. you. Uh, um, but but I like how we called that there would be a shirtless fight in this. Like you had to. Yeah. You had to. Yeah. Fan yeah. service. It's me. You got to do it. Yeah. Uh, Dan asked a very important question since we're at the end of this. Um, yeah. He said, how important is it that it ties into the one bad day concept? Is it okay if at the end of the day, it's just a series of solid one shots for Batman villains? I think it's important. It's important for me, right? As somebody who is on a podcast talking about these books to highlight the fact that maybe you came to this for a specific reason. Maybe you were sold on this because of the concept. And maybe you're listening and you're saying, well, I really liked the Riddler one because it really lived up to the idea and the idea is why I'm spending $8 or whatever on these (laughs) specials. And when they don't live up to the idea, you're like, well, why did I bother? I don't care about Rachel Ghoul. I wanted to see his one bad day. So from that standpoint, Yes, it's relevant. From my enjoyment of the comic, I said I loved it. But there are also things that I do think about that make me go, eh, did this, is this right for the way this was framed? And the answer is no. You guys have a favorite out of all of them? Riddler for me. 
Yeah, I think uh, I think it's gonna be uh, Mister Freeze. Hmm. I think that was the one that I uh, that I mine, really loved. Mine was Clayface. I loved Clayface. Okay, no, it was Clayface. Yeah. Right, it was yeah. Clayface, and then Mister Freeze. In fact, I think I even might go Clayface, Mister Freeze, this go, then Riddler. Wow, for me it's Riddler. This Clayface. Okay. Nobody picked Catwoman, huh? Nah, man. I still, I like, especially as we have more, <laughs> more comic pro listeners, supposedly. I, I, <laughs> I regret my comments about Catwoman. <laughs> I, I still feel, Cal. I still feel as strongly. Yeah, never regret. But I said what I said. Um. Uh, uh, Classy Ulysses says that he, he would like more of these with Professor Pig, Poison Ivy, Harley. I like the concept. I really like Batman's Rogues Gallery. So, like, you know, knock off the Batman one bad day thing. Like, make it, I don't know, rogues and just, you know, have one shots. Like, I like the concept of it a lot. I don't it's like the, the cost of it. Um, yeah. But uh, the size of it and the teams that are on it, it's really good. I I say keep the one bad day. But you have to make it one bad day. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Roz has a yeah. great day. Catwoman has a normal day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Penguin had a, 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 a great one. He killed his yeah. dad. It was great for him. Yep. P- Penguin yeah. was holding no, it down. No, that was Two-Face. Oh, that was Two-Face? I don't know. I don't remember. He killed daddy. his dad. Yeah. Riddler, too. <laughs> P- Penguin took back his his empire. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. He All of them kid. had a Penguin great killed one. his kids. That's what it was. Right. Well, that yeah. was in another. That was in Batman. My brain's gobbledygook, apparently. Yeah, well, I understand. There's a lot of Batman going around. Yeah, A lot of Superman going around as well. Oh, yeah. Superman number two is what we're going to be talking about last. This was the listener pick this week. You guys love you some Superman. It wins the listener poll over on Twitter. Every single time that we dare put Superman or Action Comics in the poll. This one's written by Joshua Williamson with art by Jamal Campbell, letters by Ariana Mayer. Before we start the review, if you want to partake in the listener poll, head on over to Twitter. It's up every Saturday after the show, after the main show. You can figure, you know, midday Saturday, it'll be there. And if you get there, you can get there between that day and Wednesday midday. So you've got time. I think noonish Wednesday, Eastern time. Yeah. Yeah. And if you want to suggest something for the poll, hit us up. Leave us a comment somewhere. If there's a book you want us to review in the future, we'll add it to the poll. And uh, if it wins, then we will do the review. Now, Superman number one was real good. It introduced the concept of Lex Luthor having the plug into Superman's brain. He's perpetually hitting Superman's line. Sliding into his DMs, his mental DMs. Mental. And Superman is now in control of LexCorp. It's called SuperCorp. Um, this one, this issue, dives a little deeper and it introduces uh the parasite problem. And we get to see a little bit of why Lex's foes, his rogues gallery, are trouble. How'd you guys feel about the second issue here? I thought it was good, um, but nothing really happens. And what does happen uh, is kind of just thrown in there. Um, so the the cover is like uh, when Marilyn Moonlight strikes. You know, it's just right. it's just like highlighting. Oh, a new character being introduced. Yep. Um, and she shows up in this book in a really weird way. Like she's just like yeah. it feels like a video game when you bump into like a new character. Yeah, and they and run off immediately. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's what it felt like to me. Um, especially like like it felt like Kingdom Hearts specifically. Like I remember that happening. Um, Dude, it it reminded me of Mega Man X. Like when you first meet Zero yeah. and he's way overpowered. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's what this was. But but um, I'm curious as to who the hell she is because she is cool as hell. Um, I thought she was Lois. I was like, whoa, this is wild. Oh, they turned Lois Black again. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not do that. <laughs> um, 
but so I thought that was cool, and and I like the concept of of uh, evolving Parasite to something a little more deadly. Um, he eventually becomes you know COVID Parasite at the end of this. Um, but uh, so I I like the ingredients. Um, it's like a whole bunch of ingredients that I really like, but the meal is okay. You know. Yeah, I'm not hungry. You don't don't accuse me of that just yet, Sean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the action in this really made it feel short. Yeah. And I go ahead. One other thing too is, uh, and because we had the discussion on Far Sector already, um, I'm looking at this book now. On, on Campbell's work on this. And I'm like, it's a little bare in comparison. Hmm. Yes. Uh, so I thought the art was strong, but I sure. don't yeah. think that, I think that there was a lot more going on in far sector in the background. Yep. Yep. And, you know, he went hard on that and it was important because it was sci-fi and you have to have those establishing shots and the background has to feel sci-fi. But I think as hard as he went on that, he went as soft on this from a background standpoint. Yeah, the, the background is exactly the the point that stuck out to me. There's that one uh, page where, like, you see Superman kind of climbing a building by jumping on it. Yeah. And there's nothing really around it. It looked like an action figure playset, really. Yeah. Yeah. And and especially coming off of Far Sector, yeah. I was a little bit I'm I'm a little underwhelmed by his figures. They're, Same. They're, yeah. Same. They're sort yeah. Of weirdly like uh what's the right word? Like cartoonish, maybe, uh, for lack of a better phrase. They were a little more um stylized in terms of the form yeah like yes, the way superman's exactly. flying in the air he's kind of like it, it's maybe it's perspective that campbell's playing with that is not my thing well, that's yeah i found his framing really weird like there are there are times when it's like a really awkward close-up that just like is weird and i i i remember thinking about far sector that he's um his his he really relies on the close-ups which is okay but the um uh in this like they were they felt weird mm. yeah i agree with that uh and and dan trudeau asks if far sector came out consistently every month i mean it was a black late no it was a, a young animal young animal book young animal. um and i don't think that those were astringent on release schedules as mainline books. I can't speak to that specific book's release schedule, though. From what I remember, they missed a couple of times. Just Okay. Yeah, but I think it was supposed to be monthly. Jose in the chat points out that uh, Campbell is also doing Green Arrow and Knights of Terror. Oh, that's true, yeah. Or is that Williamson? Uh, No, he's talking about Williamson. Yeah, he's talking about Williamson. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Williamson is is everywhere. But that being said, though, like from a from a story standpoint, about halfway through, I I was like, uh, I don't know if I don't know how much I'm enjoying this. It's a little random. I don't care about Parasite at all, and the Lex Luthor villains are not interesting. And I'm also still not compelled by the concept of Lex being able to talk to Superman at will. It's not doing anything for me. Yeah, I, the the parasite thing could lead to something cool. The Lex villains could also lead to something cool. The Lex thing could lead to something cool, but we're still in that setup phase that we have to, you know, we have to get over the hump, right? A bit. So this is all classic comics pals could be good sort of stuff. I think so. Yeah, I I think so, but but. Around the time Marilyn Moon Knight uh, appears, I actually was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Yeah. And then I enjoyed the rest of the book a lot. So Mm. for me, this was a tale of two halves. I didn't care as much about the first half. Then I really enjoyed the second. 
I'm a big believer in Joshua Williamson. They, I think he's really, really a uh, talented writer. And there's nothing about this issue that gives me pause, even though it's not as good as the first one. It's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, there's I, nothing bad. Right. Do you guys know who these um, villains for Lex are? Like, Graft, Dr. Farm? Like, are these... I, I wonder if characters. I wonder if they're uh new. Those two are new because the guy in the colored shirt, Hawaiian shirt, that looked like um Ivo. Yeah, that's the only one I recognized. Yeah, yeah. I I assumed they were new. Well, I don't know any of them, but the guy in the Hawaiian shirt actually is uh, Doctor Tio Morrow. The guy who created Red Tornado. That's the guy. Apparently. The, the scarred guy was Dr. Ivo. Two different people on the scene. But you're you're right. Dr. Ivo, I'm pretty sure, was there too. I thought Ivo. I thought the guy that made Red Tornado and Maze were the same guy. Uh no. No. Doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. and the and the two women were from Task Force Z. I knew I recognized them. Okay. Which was a Williamson book, I believe. Oh, that makes sense. Um yeah. Okay. All right. I thought those guys looked. So oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, Doctor Strange had that short backup. You said Task Force <laughs> Z, and I remembered Agents of Wand or whatever. <laughs> we totally forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. I'm. I'm gonna pull on this. Uh, I. I'm Ayo. still interested. I think it's. I think it's fun. Um. I'm not really that i don't actually care about what's happening mm. as much as i'm interested in the overall series and the future of it this feels like uh you know baby's first comic arc type thing where it's very much new reader friendly yeah i want to see what this creative team is going to be doing issue seven yeah. eight and nine and beyond so yeah yeah this is classic superman stuff yeah it, it, it's classic, but I feel like I haven't gotten it in a long time, you know? So it's scratching yeah. right itch for me. Yeah. I'm yeah, it, it feels like a, a I guess, I, I, I guess to, to what Sean said, a, a, a baby's first Phil Kennedy Johnson Superman. Hmm. You know, something you'd see in the animated series or something. Fair, you know? okay. Yeah, I was thinking animated series too, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, though, uh, with some of the sentiment I've seen in chat that right now, uh, Action Comics is doing it for me more. Sure, yeah. No, but also, I'm also reading two I... Superman books that I enjoy, which is wild to me. Yeah. Listen, yeah. yeah, we still eat three. I like Superman Lost, so there's a third one, too, so. I don't remember what happened in Action Comics, so. Fair enough. <laughs> So those are the books for the week, but we're not done yet because we still want to talk to you about the books that we're looking forward to next week in a little segment we call Pals Pulls. Tyler, take it away. Yeah, and if you guys like any of the books we're about to talk about, you can let us know that you want us to put it on the on the uh, the list of books to to vote on. Uh, but Sean, and no surprise to any of us, and one we will definitely be talking about, uh, Junkyard Joe number six, the finale. Let's get it. This is, of course, the phenomenal creative team, arguably, in my opinion, the best creative team in comics. Jeff Johns, Gary Frank, Brad Anderson. Uh, this is the finale of Junkyard Joe. We have reviewed every issue. I am excited to see how things end up for this family, for Muddy, for Joe himself. We've seen Joe's end point in Geiger. It's going to be interesting to see how he gets there, and I'm assuming that Junkyard Joe 6 will give us those answers. When we interview Jeff Johns, that following Saturday, of course, April 1st, we will be talking a lot about Junkyard Joe since we haven't actually spoken to him uh, since it started. I don't Before think. it started, yeah, we got, we got yeah, the, so. the early peak. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I wanted to check out Doom Unstoppable Doom Patrol number one. Hey, what do you think? You're special? 
I oh, wanted yeah. to check out Unstoppable Doom Patrol number one. We both did. Yeah. So uh, it's Doom Patrol. I like it. That's 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 all there is to it. Oh, well, yeah. What else do you need to say? Enough said. Um, actually, I do have to say it's Chris Burnham on art. That is another reason to to want to read this. Chris Burnham and Doom Patrol is like peanut butter and chocolate. Like that's going to work no matter what. So. Um, yeah, I, I also like. Yep. Pardon. Go ahead, Kel. You want to talk about Doom Patrol? Uh, I, I also like the idea that it's led by Crazy Jane mm-hmm. as opposed to what. Well, it seems to be uh, as opposed to Niles Calder. Um, yeah. And I don't you know, I don't know what the status quo is there, but I feel like that's a cool shakeup. I always feel like Niles Calder could be a great Doom Patrol villain, too. You know, I think he is the great. Doom yeah, Patrol I think he's their, their biggest villain, honestly. Uh, but it, the team looks like a mixture of new and classic characters. You have Crazy Jane, you know, uh, yeah. uh, Negative Man, Robot Man. It looks fun. Um, and yeah. some guy that looks like he's made out of teeth, which is weird. Um, but I wanted to check out next week. Uh, Harley Quinn number 28. It's a uh, new creative team um, written and written by Teeny Howard and Erica Henderson. Oh. Um, with art by Sweeney Boo and colors by Erica Henderson, I believe. Wow. Um, it's a pretty good team. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, it's a cool cover. I like Sweeney Boo's art a lot. So, oh, um, wow. This is, at, oh my God. How many months ago was it that we talked about this? A while. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I was waiting for this to come out. Oh my. Of course. And I, and I've liked teeny stuff, uh, that teeny has been doing in Marvel with, you know, like the Captain Britain realm of X-Men that is uh thankfully not touched by a lot of the other x-men stuff so sure mm. he's on her own krakoa island over there uh and kel uh it's clobbering time number one yeah this sort of piqued my interest this is a uh, um steve's steve's gross gross yeah i believe so yeah. tochi tochi onyabuchi and uh arby silva um it's a ben grimm anthology book um, and this first one is uh, Ben Grimm and uh, the Hulk having to uh, defend a colony on Mars or something. Um, and I don't know. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, Steve yeah. Gross. That name sounds familiar. I'm looking it up right now. Uh, how do I spell that? All right. Steve Gross. Uh, S-K-R-O-C-E. Uh, oh, it's a classic guy. Yeah, he wrote some of like X Men in the '90s and Gambit in the '90s when Gambit. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, sure. Why not? The cover looks cool. Yeah. Roboter says in the YouTube chat that this is a Marvel two in one fisticuffs. Yeah, dude. Did you so. ever read Chip Zdarsky's Marvel two in one? That was essentially. Oh, no, I missed it, but dude, I wanted to. Yeah, that was good stuff. That was just the thing in, in Human Torch. It was I loved yeah. it. Great stuff. Um. Yeah, the thing's a good character to do this with, too. I think so. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Marco's not here, so that's all we're, we're pulling. So, fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That is going to do it for us here on Pals Pulse. Thank you all so much for listening. Before you dip, do make sure you hit the like button if you haven't. Follow us if you're watching us live or after on Twitch as well. Those are both free to do and they help us out a lot more than they cost you. If you want to watch us live, you can do that every single Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern, Saturdays at 10 a.m., 10.15 rather, a.m. Eastern for the main show. This week we're going to be talking about all the news coming out of Shazam 2. Uh, (laughs) That's a doozy. And we've got a major shakeup at Marvel. So big stuff to talk about on the main show. Uh, patreon.com slash the comics pals is the best way to support us for as little as three dollars a month to get access to our newsletter and a whole host of other cool stuff so check that out we've got a store a link to which is in the description below and anything else you want to check out or know about us you can find in the description of anything that we are doing thank you so much for tuning in we are the comics pals signing off until next time take care guys see you next week <laughs>